0: Yeah. Can you hear me? You're hilarious. <laughs> Worship was awesome, wasn't it? Man. Well, it's been a while since I've had the privilege of getting up here and sharing my heart. I've been really busy with work and stuff, but, uh, My schedule's clearing up, and I think I'm going to get to start doing this more often. I'm really excited about it. Uh, Pastor is very, uh, how do I say this, gracious uh, with me, right? And and I am so thankful um, for the opportunity that he's given me here uh, to flex my ministry muscles, I guess, you know, and uh, just... Spend some time with Jesus, and like I said, I get to share my heart, so very thankful for that. I'm really excited about this. I'm going to try really hard not to ramble on all night long. I do that. So let's pray real quick. Father God, I thank you so much for this opportunity to share your word. I thank you, Father God, that your word is made flesh, Father God, that it would become alive to us, Father God. Father, that even though the scriptures we're going to be looking at tonight are uh, at least make me feel like I'm going back to Sunday school, Lord, that you would just bring out new truths, Father God, a new revelation and a fresh understanding, Father, of what you'd have said to us through this story. We love you, Lord God. We love you and we thank you that your presence is here. That your presence has manifested itself here, Lord God. We thank you for it. I thank you, Father God, that you would speak through me tonight, that it would not be my words, but it would be your words, Father. Father God, that you would help me to articulate myself well and not get lost in the weeds. We thank you so much for who you are and for all that you do in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, if you would, you flip over to 1 Samuel chapter 17. We're going to. Spend some time with David tonight. First Samuel 17, we're going to start in verse 4. Uh, basically, the first three verses that I'm skipping just say that Israel and the Philistines are at war. They're fighting. Uh, Israel is on one hill. Philistines are on another hill. There's a valley in between them. All right, First Samuel 17, verse 4 says, then a champion named Goliath from Gath came out from the Philistine camp. He was nine feet, nine inches tall. He wore a bronze helmet and bronze scale armor that weighed 125 pounds. There was bronze armor on his shins and a bronze sword slung between his shoulders. His spear uh, shaft was that of a weaver's beam. And the iron point of his spear weighed 15 pounds. In addition, a shield-bearer was walking in front of him. He stood and shouted to the Israelite battle formation, Why have you come out and lined up in battle formation? He asked them. Am I not a Philistine, or are you not servants of Saul? Choose one of your men and have him come down against me. If he wins in a fight against me and kills me, we will be your servants. But if I win against him and kill him, then you will be our servants and serve us. Then the Philistines said, I defy the ranks of Israel today. Send me a man who, so we can fight each other. When Saul and all the Israelites heard these words from the Philistine, they lost their courage and were terrified. You know, I was, I was praying about this and, and like just really like spending some time with God about it. And the first thing that he wanted me to point out tonight is this. I've always read that part where it's describing Goliath and just kind of like been like, okay, that's cool. It's like a word picture. You get to see what he looks like, kind of. But, but God said there's more, and so he had me read it again. And what he began to show me is that when we, when we come face-to-face with the giants in our lives, right, we do this. Well, it's so tall. It's so big. It has really scary armor and a big sword, and there's no way, there's no way that we could ever triumph over something as magnificent and as big and as scary and as terrifying as that. Because we come at, we come at it and we size it up in the natural, right? And, and we, we look at it in a way that's like, am I allowed to come... Um, sorry, uh, we come at it from that, from that aspect. We come at it and we're like, well, there's no way I am going to be able to defeat this. There's no way I can stand up against this. There's no way that, that in myself, I'm going to be able to do anything against what stands before me. Right? Let's read on. Uh, Skip down to verse 16, sorry. Got lost for a minute. Uh, Every morning and evening for 40 days, the Philistine came forward and took his stand. One day, Jesse told his son David, take take this half bushel of roasted grain along with these loaves of bread for your brothers and hurry to their camp. Also, take these 10 portions of cheese to the field commander. Check on the welfare of your brothers and bring a confirmation from them. They are with Saul and all the men in Israel are in the valley fighting the Philistines. So, David got up early in the morning, left his flock with someone to keep it, loaded up and set out as Jesse had instructed him. He arrived at the perimeter of the camp as the army was marching to battle and shouting their battle cry. Israel, And the Philistines lined up in battle formation, facing each other. David left his supplies in the care of the quartermaster and ran to his brothers to see how they were. While he was speaking with them, suddenly a champion named Goliath, the Philistine from Gath, came forward from the Philistine battle line and shouted his usual words, which David heard. Now, when I was getting ready just today... Uh, I was reading over this scripture again, and God, God's just been like, just speaking to me about this, and like just little things that I don't really pay attention to very often. Just being honest. <laughs> but, but I think it's interesting. It, said, it says up in uh, verse 11, when Saul and all the Israelites heard these words from the Philistine, they lost their courage and were terrified. And then it says... He came out and spoke his usual words, which David heard. You see, we're all facing stuff. There's, there's always giants. We're always facing different things. And they're all going to say stuff to us. And we have a choice to make in the way that we respond when we hear what they say. The first one is what I just talked about, where we we size it up in the natural and we look at it and there's no way we can defeat it and we can't figure out how we're going to make this happen. The second one is like this. When all the Israelites saw the man of Goth, they retreated from him terrified. That's the previous way. Uh, Previously, a man declared, Do you see this man that comes out? He comes to defy Israel. The king will make the man who kills him very rich and give him his daughter. The king will also make the household of this man's father exempt from taxes in Israel. David spoke to the men that were standing around him. What will be done for the man who kills this Philistine and removes this disgrace from Israel? Who is this uncircumcised Philistine that he should defy the armies of the living God? David brought the covenant that Israel had with God into the equation when he made the statement, who is this uncircumcised Philistine? Circumcision is the mark of the covenant in the Old Testament. Their response, they, listen, all of Israel knew about the covenant. Like, it's not a secret. Like, it's, like, they all understand covenant. They get covenant. They know that God has a covenant with Israel. Covenant means, when you enter into covenant with someone, this is a super short paraphrase, (laughs) but... They're, when you cut when you cut covenant with someone, their enemies become your enemies. Their battles become your battles. What they have is yours, and what you have is theirs. Okay? Always. So David responds out of an understanding that he has of the covenant that Israel has with God. And it's almost like he's reminding the people around him. Um, I'm sorry, who is this uncircumcised Philistine that he should dare defy the armies of the living God. My first point tonight is, if you're going to title it, I don't really title my sermons, but if you're going to title it, it's going to be called uh, How We Defeat Our Giants. So The first thing that you need to do is you need to know and understand the covenant that we have with God. What does God say about where you're at? What does God think about the situation that you're in? David was convinced that because of the covenant that Israel had, that this uncircumcised Philistine had no place to defy the armies of the living God. No place. David's... uh, Sorry. the people told him about the offer uh, that, and they said the same thing this will be done for the man who kills him David's older brother listened as he spoke to the men and became very angry and he asked why did you come down here who did you leave those few sheep in the wilderness with I know that your arrogance and your evil heart you came down here to see the battle when we're like, it's hard for me not to identify with this because I have a younger brother. <laughs> I have two of them. And and what 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 God showed me about this is we encounter these people. This is one of the. There's there's another one in here I want to point out too. But this is one of the people that we encounter when we're when we're standing in faith, when we're speaking the word, when we're when we're. Um, Trying to stand on the things of God that we know. We encounter people like this. And I'm not sure if it's because I know for me, I'm just going to be honest. I know for me, if I was here and I had just responded like all the other Israelites and was like, man, this guy's big and he's scary and he's going to kill us and we need to run away. And then Dawson came in and was like, wait, wait, wait. Who is this uncertain? Why are you afraid? And I'm going, shut up. (laughs) You're, You're a little kid. Right? Like, who likes to be told, well, you need to get in faith when you're not in faith? Right? Like, when you're not believing, who likes to be told that? Nobody likes to be told that. But it's the truth. And we need to learn how to take that, and we need to learn how to say that to people in a way that will be received. And that will be constructive and that will help us to grow. So David responds, uh, Why are you mad? I was just asking a question. <laughs> Basically. <laughs> so he keeps asking these questions. It says, what, saved, what David said was overheard and reported to Saul. So he had David brought to him. <laughs> David said to Saul, Don't let anyone be discouraged by him. Your servant will go and fight this Philistine. But Saul replied, you can't go fight this Philistine. You're just a youth. And he has been a warrior since he was young. The second type of person that we encounter, and I've encountered them personally, are, I believe, well-intentioned people that love you, they care about you, and they, they don't want you to be disappointed when it doesn't work. And so they, well, I know, listen, I know you're believing for that, but let's just, sometimes it doesn't work out the way you want it to. You can't go pray for people. You can't go pray, Josh, you cannot pray for people while you're at work. Because, because listen, if someone doesn't get healed, then you're the weird guy who's been praying for people at work Right? Like, we do that. <laughs> we do that to people. And we discourage people when, when they're trying to do what the Bible says. Right? And God said to me this. God said, he's called us. David, later on in his life, surrounds himself with mighty men. Right? They were called David's mighty men. They were giant killers. They were, they were the guys that were like David. Right? Right? So what God said to me is this, we're called to be a church of giant killers. We're called to be a church of people who stand next to one another. Instead of saying, no, you can't pray. You're saying, okay, let's go. Let's do it. Let's do it. Let's do it. People are, people are dying. Let's do it. Let's do it. I want to be the kind of guy that if pastor comes in tomorrow, Sunday, and he says, you know, this is really, this is what I believe. This is where we're going. It's going to be a lot of money. It's going to be whatever. I want to be the kind of guy that goes, let's do it, whatever the cost. Let's do it. I don't want to be the guy that goes, well, you know, this is Wheeler, Michigan, and we just don't don't have the people. We just don't have the resources. We just don't whatever. I don't want to be that guy. I don't want to be that guy. God, if God is calling you to do something, I want to be the guy who stands alongside you. That you can look to and say, I know Dakota Slade giants too, and I'm facing one right now, so I'm going to get his help. I'm going to get his help. God is calling us to be a church of giant killers who are on fire, who know their covenant who understand who they are in Christ, who understand the placement that we have, who understand Who understand what the cross paid for, that we can go and stand side by side to a world that's dying and show them life and show them grace and show them love and give them healing, right? That's what I want. That's what I want to be. That's what I want to be. And that's who I'm becoming. Let's do it. (sighs) Sorry, lost myself in my notes here. (sighs) Thank you, Father. Go down to verse 34. I need a drink of water. (sighs) So Saul tells him, you can't do it. You're too young. And David replies, your servant has been tending his father's sheep. Whenever a lion or a bear came and carried off a lamb from the flock, I went after it, struck it down, And rescued the lamb from its mouth. If it reared up against me, I would grab it by its fur, strike it down and kill it. Your servant has killed lions and bears. This uncircumcised Philistine will be like one of them. For he has defied the armies of the living God. David said, the Lord who rescued me from the paw of the bear... And from the paw of the lion will rescue me from the hand of this Philistine. So then Saul said, go. And may the Lord be with you. That's fair. (laughs) My second point is this. David had seen God deliver him from things in the past. He said that he's killed lions and he's killed bears. Whenever a lion came or a bear came and stole something, one of the sheep that he was looking after, he'd chase it down, he'd kill it. If it reared up against him, showed some attitude, he grabbed it and he killed it. And saved the lamb. He said, the God who rescued me from the paw of the lion and from the paw of the bear will rescue me from the hand of this Philistine. My question to you today for this point is this. What are the things in your life that you have seen God deliver you from in the past. What are the things in your life that you can look back to and say, listen, I fought the bear, I fought the lion, and this giant will be just like one of them because it doesn't matter the size of the problem. It doesn't it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if the thing that you st- that if the thing that you look back to is well, I was running low on money. I didn't have money for gas. And someone gave me 20 bucks and I got gas. Well, that was just someone being nice. Okay. Maybe. I believe that God looks after his kids. And I believe that God uses people around us to look after his kids. What, are the, what is the lion? What is the bear? David is saying, look, my God is faithful. He was faithful when I was just tending sheep. And he will be faithful when I strike down this Philistine because my God is faithful. And my God is always faithful. So number one, you need to know what God says about your situation. And number two, you need to put yourself in remembrance of the things that God has done for you because that takes your focus from how big and scary and mean and ugly the giant is back to who is going to deliver you from the giant that stands before you. It shifts your focus because if all you focus on is Goliath, you're probably not going to make it. (laughs) <laughs> because you're distracted and you're focused on the wrong thing and you're trying to do it on your own. But when you get back focused on the things that God has delivered you from and understand that God is the same yesterday, today, and forever, he will always come through, he will always redeem, he will always take care of his own. He, listen, God is bound to us by covenant. He decided to put himself in covenant with us. He wasn't forced. He decided. He made a choice. I want to be in covenant with those people. And the second you got saved, born again, and came into the family of the Most High God, you stepped into covenant. And that means no matter how big the giant, no matter how small the lion, God will always be next to you, fighting the battle with you. Your victory is his victory. and his victory yours and he rejoices when you are victorious with you your battles are his battles you don't the second you step into covenant your covenant you are never alone again ever god's always got your back Every single time. Every single time. So, number one, I'm going to say this over and over and over again because it's very important. (laughs) Number one, you have to know what God says about your situation. How do I do that? How do I find out? You get in the Word. He's told you what He thinks. Just like when He decided to join Himself to you in covenant, He's already Decided what he's going to do for you already. Done. There's no more. Well, I'm sorry. I'm. <laughs> this is a pet peeve of mine. Well, God, if it's if it's your will, we'll do. Well, you know, I hope that I get healed. God already decided a long time ago. Like, I mean a long time ago. Like, I mean, there's this really cool scripture in Revelation where it says the Lamb of God has been slain since before the foundation of the world. Okay? The word, the, 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 the word that they, they, they phrased into foundation of the world is the word katabole. And it means before the, like, I don't know how to describe it, like the cataclysmic entrance of everything. Basically, right? Like um, I've I read one uh, a couple different places that a couple of theologians um, have discussed the meaning of the word, and it means before iniquity was found in Lucifer. So listen, before Lucifer was cast out of heaven, the Lamb had been slain. The question of if God wants to do something is it's a mute question. God already decided. That he wants to be in relationship with you. He wants to be in covenant with you. He wants to be your healer. He wants to provide for you. A long time ago. A long time ago. (laughs) A long time ago. A really long time ago. A re- like like really, really long time ago. Okay. <laughs> I was gonna say it again, but anyways. <clears throat> You're welcome, Lucas. My mother-in-law's here. Her name's Gina, she's sitting over here. Isn't she awesome? And those those kids behind her, I'm I'm a part this is off track, but I, I help with a youth ministry called Teens for Christ. And they all graduated from Teens for Christ. And they're, they're on fire for God. Except for Ben. No. <laughs> Just kidding. So number one, you got to know what God says about your situation. Number two, got to put yourself in remembrance of the things that God has rescued you from. Number three. Verse 40. Mm, start in 39. Mm, let's start in 38. <laughs> uh, I'm trying to cut it down. I'm sorry. I know it's a lot of reading. Um, for me, anyways. Then Saul <clears throat> had his own military clothes put on David. He put a bronze helmet on David's head and put his armor on on him David strapped his sword over the military clothes and tried to walk but he was not used to them you can't walk in these david said to Saul i'm not used to these so david took them off and instead he took his staff in his hand chose five smooth stones from the water he put them in his pouch his shepherd's bag Then, with his sling in his hand, he approached the Philistine. He approached the Philistine. You see, a lot of times, I did this for a long time. I would try to put other people's faith on. Right? Like, well, I know pastor... He's on fire for God. He's doing good stuff. I'm, I'm going to do pastor's thing. But it doesn't fit me. Chuck's faith doesn't fit me. doesn't work on me because I don't understand the stuff that Chuck understands. God showed me different stuff. <laughs> you know what I mean? And you gotta. it has to be your faith. Now, the reason is is because when I'm when Chuck's not always going to be there, Pastor's not always going to be there, right? Like it has to be my faith. So my third point is this: What are the weapons that God has given you? What are the weapons that God has given you? David said, these don't fit me, so he took them off. And instead, he grabbed his staff. He grabbed five smooth stones and his sling. And he went down to face the Philistine. So I was like, okay, God, that's cool. But I am not, like, fighting a real giant. So how does this apply to me? Right? Like, it's a it's a cool story. It's awesome. All the other stuff, I totally get. I totally get it. I get that even though David was in the old covenant and we are in a new covenant established on better promises, that he understood covenant and he understood the fact that you would fight with him and he understood that you've delivered him in the past and he knew how to look back on your faithfulness. I get all that. Like, I get how that, like, that makes sense to me, right? But, like, I kept, like, I was going to stop there. I was going to spend the whole time talking about God's faithfulness, and he wouldn't let me. He made me keep going. And I was like, okay, so then show me. Show me what this is. And um, last week, actually, uh, God's been showing me, like, all this cool stuff in here uh, out of a story that I've read a thousand times and, like, didn't really think I could learn anything new from it, which is a dumb thing for me. Um, but, but Chuck came over and he prophesied over me that god was going to start using things that i had walked past like he i don't remember exactly how he described it but like 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 plants that i had walked past in life and thought that there was no nutrients left in them because they looked shriveled up and dead on the top but that god was going to push the dirt away and i was going to pull it out and find nutrients in the in the roots and so i believe that that's what god was showing me here okay so yeah, when you were saying that to me, Chuck, I was like, dude, he's doing it already. <laughs> but, um, so, so what he showed me was this. Number one, you got to know what he says. Number two, got to look at his faithfulness. And number three, got to know what your weapons are. What are the weapons that God has given to us? His word and our mouth. The five stones are the word of God. The shepherd's bag is our heart. And we take the word of God and we put it in our heart, right? We devour the word, right? We know what the word says. We know, we find out what the word says about our situation and we put it in our heart. But the word in your heart affects nothing until you speak it out of your mouth. How many of you know that if David would have stood in front of Goliath and went like this, Nothing happens. Nothing happens until David goes and releases the word from his mouth or from his sling. Nothing happens until you release the word from your mouth. And when you do, your giant falls. Pastor talked about it last week. Talked about mountains, right? And he used my favorite verse, <laughs> Mark 11, 23 and 24, because uh, I went to Rhema and they like pound that into you there. And uh, But if you believe in your heart, or no, how does it go, Josh? <laughs> Looks like I need to go back to school. <laughs> Right, so he said, what he said, no. He He said, if you believe and do not doubt in your heart, but believe that what you say will come to pass, you'll have whatever you say. If you speak to the mountain and say, be thou removed and be thou cast into the sea, it will be, right? This is the same thing. If you speak to your giant, knowing what the word says, understanding your covenant, that's why that's such a big point that I keep going back to. You have to know what the word says. You have to know what God thinks about your situation to be able to speak in accordance with the spirit of God, which then causes your giant to fall. So when you're standing in front of your giant, and he shouts, because they shout, right? Like I, I can think back, I'm just going to get real real here for a minute, okay? So, when I was coming up, when I was growing up, uh, I used to get sick, like, all the time. I'd throw up, and, like, my mom didn't know what was going on. It was, like, happened every time I ate pizza, so maybe it was cheese, who knows? Like, we didn't know. And I, I grew out of it, kind of. But then something happened in my life, and I found out, that I could use being sick as an excuse to get out of stuff. And so I would say, "Well, I don't I just don't feel good." And then I wouldn't have to do stuff. And then what I spoke became my reality and I actually was sick all the time. And I went to college at Rhema, which like at Rhema it's like, you know, faith and healing, that's like the thing. And like they have a big faith shield that goes around their church like this. It's cool. But I'm sitting there and I'm like, I'm sitting in the classes and I'm getting this like download of faith, right? Like they're just like faith, 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 healing, 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 love, 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 right? Like that's like my life for two years. And I, I attend prayer and healing school, which is literally where people come from all over the world to hear the word of God and get hands laid on them and they get healed miraculously. Like we were, we were in prayer school one time. I promised I wasn't going to get in the weeds. We were in prayer school one time. And this lady came in, uh, and she was, uh, how long has she been paralyzed for? I don't remember. Yeah. It was a while. Long time. And we laid hands on her, and her back was like, and she got up, and she ran around the room for the first time in, like, however long it was. Right? Um, there was a, a girl, a little girl, who she had, like, problems with her hearts, and so they, in her heart, so they put these tubes in her heart when she was little. And she was about 14, and one of the tubes started coming out, and it was leaking, and she was going to die. And her mom took her to the hospital, and on the way to the hospital, her mom stopped at Ramah because she knew knew that God could heal her daughter. So she came in, we laid hands on her, we gave her a cloth, she went to the hospital, she laid it on her kid, and she has x-rays of tubes and no tubes. She has x-rays of her daughter's heart when she had tubes in her heart and after God gave her a new heart signed by the doctors. Like, I'm around all this awesome stuff and I'm sick all the time. And I'm like, this is awesome. I get up for school in the morning, I go in, I puke, I take a shower, I go to school. (laughs) That's not good. I didn't want to tell anybody because like, then everyone wants to lay hands on you. Oh, we're not going to get into that. So, and it's a good thing. Don't get me wrong. I just, like, I didn't, I was like, man, I should, I'm second-year pastors. Like, this should be a thing of the past for me. Right? And I get home from school. I graduate Ramah, still sick. I come home, and I look back at my life while I'm at Ramah, and I see the hand of God in every area of my life. My first year, I was sick and broke. Uh, I didn't tell my family because I wanted to do it on my own. So there was a few weeks there. Like, I would go like a week without eating anything except for like some bread that I could get from the place that I worked for free. And I would, because I was sold, like I just, I was being stupid. And listen, God wants to provide for you and he wants to use people around you so like for me my first year people offered to give me money and I said no don't do that (laughs) Accept the blessing okay (laughs) so anyways so my second year I come back and God tells me I, I come home I was dealing with depression all this stuff first year I come home get set free from all of it go back to school second year and and I'm like God where should I go to work and he's like Go back to the place you worked before. And I'm like, yep, not going to do that <laughs> because I know I don't make any money there. <laughs> and, and I went back, and I was faithful to God, and he provided for my entire year, right? I had more money and worked less hours my second year. When I didn't have enough money to come home, my manager came in and wrote me a check and was like, Um, So I don't know why, but I just felt like God wanted me to give you this. And it was the exact amount of money I needed to get home, right? I came, I wanted to get engaged to my now wife, um, and I did not have money for an engagement ring. And I was given an engagement ring, a really nice one. It's very pretty. She'll tell you. (laughs) So I had seen God do all these things, and I graduated. I came home, and I'm like, God, I'm still sick. I'm still sick. I'm still sick, I'm still sick, I'm still sick, I'm still sick. And that's where this comes into effect, right? What does God say about where I'm at? And where's my focus? I was focused on I'm sick, not God you've provided for me. Right? And then all of a sudden, I'm sitting there one night, and I'm like, man, I just, I'm going to be healed. I know I'm <laughs> going to be healed. And what the knowledge that I had here got down here, and I instantly received the manifestation of my healing. Boom. I don't throw up anymore. <laughs> it's awesome. I can get up in the morning and not feel sick. God set me free. Anyways. Remembrance, what are your weapons, right? No, it's the first one is, what does God say about you? This is a test for me too. <laughs> what does God say about where you're at? Put yourself in remembrance of the faithfulness of God. What are your weapons? And then this is what happens. Verse 51 So David, okay, verse 50. David defeats the Philistine with a sling and a stone. Even though David had no sword, he struck down the Philistine and killed him. David ran and stood. David ran and stood over him. He grabbed the Philistine's sword, pulled it from its sheath, and used it to kill him. Then he cut off his head. When the Philistines saw that their hero was dead, they ran. There's nothing else you get out of this. This is what I want you to know. You serve a faithful God who has decided to put himself in covenant with you. And if you act on the promises that God has given you and speak the word of God into your situation, the sword that you were terrified of before, will be the thing that God then allows you to use to kill the giant that stands before you. Because your testimony is what that is. David, after striking him down with the tools that God gave him, ran over, took the sword that everyone was afraid of, there's a big bronze sword on his back in between his shoulders. He took it out and he kills the Philistine and he cuts off his head with it. When you allow the promises of God to affect your life, your testimony will become a weapon that you can use to destroy the giants that stand before you. God has called us to be a church of giant killers and mighty men and women of God. Can we do it? I think we can. I think we can. So, I want to end with this. God desires for you to be free. And if you are here and you're facing a giant right now in your life, that you can you know all of the reasons why there's no way you should be able to defeat it. You know how tall it is, right? You know all the reasons. God wants you to know that the only thing that matters is that you're in covenant with him that he is a faithful God and that he will deliver you from the hand of the giant just like he's delivered you from the pause in your past. Father, I thank you so much for this night. I thank you, Father God, for the covenant that we stand in with you. I thank you, Lord God, that you are a faithful, faithful God. And that you, oh God, want and desire to fight with us. Like Chuck said earlier, when he was actually, and you were speaking, that we would learn to work alongside you. You're the strong ox. That we would yoke ourselves with you in a way that allows you to be every bit involved in every battle we face. I thank you, Father God, that we are not a defeated church, but we are a victorious church. I thank you, Father God, that it is by your word that we are set free, that we have been redeemed, that we are healed, Father. Father God, I just speak right now, healing in Jesus' name. I thank you, Father God. I thank you, Father God. I thank you, Father. Thank you, Father God. Amen. Um, Are you still an elder? Can you come up here? <laughs> Josh, can you come up here too? And, uh, oh, they're back there. Hey, Chuck. Are you busy? No. <laughs> Do you and Carrie want to come up here too? Thank you. Now, if you uh, need prayer or you don't, like, you're facing a situation and you don't know, like, you just don't know what the Bible says about it. Um, if you want to come down here, and, and they're going to they're gonna give you some scriptures that you can stand on. Now, listen, just because they give you the scriptures uh, doesn't mean that you automatically, like, are going to, like, have faith in that right faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of god so meditate on the scriptures that they give you tonight speak them over yourself right the word the word meditate i thought i was done but the word meditate means to mutter in the word say it right to speak it speak it out speak it out speak it out i am the righteousness of god in christ i am i am the righteousness of god in christ right that's like my thing Like, I say that to myself all the time. I know the Holy Ghost. I am the healed of the Lord. Right? Like, speak it over yourself and meditate on those scriptures. And God's going to deliver you. Also, if you just need to come up here and get some giant killers to stand in faith with you, that is also okay. Amen? Amen.